Hello and welcome to episode four of Adventures Through Time and Space. Uh, my name's Renee. I am Logan. And on this episode, we've got a good mix of topics. Yeah, kind of bounces all one. over the place. A potpourri episode. Potpourri. Um, we talk about representation in video games. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about the uh, Tifa controversy, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we sort of bounce on over to uh, Logan. What else did we talk about? We talked about how Eddie Zerd is a oh wizard, is an actual wizard, which is the title of this episode. You've clicked on. You're welcome. Practices magic. Uh, we talked about how many we got some updates on the five-year-old fighting story. Yes. Um, we talked about running marathons, and we talked about Call of Duty. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. Some high school nostalgia zombie and, and just kind of how we used to play video games and how we have to play them <laughs> now. But uh, thank you for chiming in or for listening in. We hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you. Um. So for everybody at home, we are trying something new, so that it's not so echoey in the final recording. We are. Uh, I made a pillow fort. Pillow fort. In my uh, spare guest bedroom. It's accurate. Um. So that it muffles the sound with a blanket, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to try this. We're going to see if it improves the sound quality at all. And so far, I mean, I think I think even just what I can hear on my own, I think the sound is more concentrated. I think it sounds better. I think it's possible. I hear Andrea walking by. She didn't say hi to me, which is kind of rude, but it's not a big deal. She doesn't want to interrupt. Uh, but you know. Uh, Logan, how have you been? We've been gone for a month. I know we've been gone for a month. We had our summer hiatus. That's all right. Um, we traveled the globe. Um, we did. Trotted around, as they say. I bought a house. You bought a house. Yeah, you can go first. You bought a house. You're I mean, a homeowner was, now. You're an adult. You officially became one. That was basically it. That was basically the reason why I was gone for a month is because buying a home is, is difficile. It takes some work. It does. Um, but it was very worth it. We move in when it's done in November. November. Um, perhaps December. Perhaps we'll see. December. Uh, but yeah, it was very exciting. We're yeah. very excited about it. Uh, what about nice you? What, what, what have you been up to? Uh, this past week, uh, that's a solid question. What have I been up to? Uh, I played some things. I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's a great movie. This. I want to talk about this okay. movie with you right now. Okay. That's a whole motion picture. Yes. Um, I don't know. I, are you, are you, so are you a big Quentin Tarantino fan? Uh, I've seen a lot of his films. Mm-hmm. There's some key ones that I have not seen sure. I think that disqualifies me from being a fan with quotation marks which ones around have me. you not seen like Kill Bill that's huge that's a big one Kill, yeah. Kill Bill's great you would love Kill Bill too I, I assume that I would, yeah, you would what I've seen Bill. but I mean I've seen like Inglorious Bastards Django yeah, yeah. Um, I mean if you've seen have you seen two, Pulp Fiction yeah oh yeah I've I feel Pulp like you, if you've seen Pulp Fiction I feel like you can comment on the if you've seen okay, that and a few yeah. other ones I feel like if you've seen if you've seen two Quentin Tarantino movies you understand what Quentin Tarantino is about. Any two. Because, like, one is not enough. No. But after you've seen two, like, any mixture of two, you get his style and I think you get what he's going definitely, for. Definitely, like, Pulp Fiction being one of them, for sure. Like Because that is, okay. like, I feel like the one that is, like, his mashpiece kind of thing. Okay, that makes go back sense. To. Um, I love Quentin Tarantino. I'm a big Quentin Tarantino guy. But it's interesting because his last two movies... Um, I didn't love Django Unchained at all. Actually, it's in the run for me, maybe my least favorite Tarantino movie. I do not like really? Django that much. Interesting. Um, and then Hateful Eight, I like. I think it's slow um, at times, which is kind of the easy joke bit to go for for critique. Um, but I think it's good. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I think it's good. Once One Time in Hollywood is a weird one where it's like, and you'll obviously be able to relate, where it's like, I think what you think that movie is about 
is not actually what the movie's about. Right. And you don't find out about that until the very end. And then it's like, oh, okay, hang on. And, like, I feel like it's, like, a movie where, like, I need to see it a second time to, like, fully understand it and, like, appreciate it. Because, like, yeah. what I thought it was about, like, what I was focusing on wasn't actually what the movie was about. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. I didn't know any of the history mm. about mm. And I guess if you haven't seen this movie and you want it, you know, all of this to be a surprise or whatever, then you should skip ahead. I'll put the time mark in the description of the episode. But that being said, so you already had spoiler, your spoiler alert. alert. Um, yeah, I had no idea yeah. about Manson. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about um, Polanski's wife mm, getting mixed up in all that. So this whole time, you know, I saw the movie with three buddies. I'm sorry, two buddies. Um, and... The whole time, you know, we're watching this film and Polanski's wife is being like kind of featured. Mm-hmm. And then once the movie is over, we walk out and I look at the poster and I'm like, what was the point of that character? What was the point of Polanski's wife? I had like she didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. And none of us knew what the because we didn't know the history. Yeah. We didn't know that she's supposed to get murdered at the end yeah, of that film. Exactly. So we were just all kind of making like an excuse of like, oh, you know, maybe it's showing like a different story. It's a story co- coinciding with the story of the character. Yeah. We're just like idiots, like trying to yeah. come up with a reason why this character was in there. So I, um, you know, that was interesting. I, I think it, it sort of takes for granted, which I guess you should know about that, right? Sure. Like it Charles should Manson, be a, an American story that everybody should know, especially if you're going into this kind of movie. But it took for granted that we knew about it. Otherwise, it was just like, cool, it's Brad Pitt and a dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this movie's about. And it's funny, too, because, like, I I knew... Like, I'm not, like, a, by any means, like, a Sharon Tate, like, Roman Polanski, Charles Manson, like, murder, like, expert by any means. Right. But I know of it. I knew that Sharon Tate was supposed to die and that, obviously, Charles Manson does it. And I knew, like, I knew that much, right? Um, and so I think after it happened and she doesn't die, right? Like it was a thing like, I mean, thought of like, well, I guess Inglorious Bastards also changes history too, right? Where like Hitler dies in that movie and the war ends a year earlier than it actually does in reality, right? Right. Um, and so like Tarantino has no problem changing quote unquote history kind of thing to suit his films. Right. I've heard him talk, sorry to interrupt you, but I've heard him talk about that in interviews that mm. especially for Inglorious Bastards because obviously everybody knows about Hitler by default <sighs> essentially yeah um so he was very quick to say like well my stories are about you know when I do these sort of historical things like what if my characters had been in these situations what mm. what how would they be different mm. and I just didn't know that this was going to be a movie like that yeah definitely and I, I didn't either right like it felt like it was gonna be like a slower simmering burn um towards kind of this tragic final act right? and like for me it was a thing of like does brad pitt's character leonardo DiCaprio's character do one of them get caught up in it and like die somehow or are they just like the two mm-hmm. like kind of offhanded like characters because they're just the next door neighbors from where the murder happens right um and i think for me i think the movie like i was talking to a buddy of mine today about actually who's like a huge film guy who's a huge tarantino guy in particular and I was talking about how, like, I think this movie has some of my favorite scenes from any Tarantino movie. I think they're great individual scenes. Like, I think the entire scene where Brad Pitt's character is at the, like, old ranch. Oh, yeah. And just, like, it's, like, the slow, simmering it's tension. so much build, tension. Build, build, build. And it's, I think it's fantastic. I think it's Tarantino doing Tarantino so well and doing what he does so fantastically. It was like that scene from Inglorious Bastards yes, at the it restaurant. Was, it was exactly. It yeah. was the pub scene in Inglorious Bastards yeah. to a T 
with no payoff. But that like fact that there wasn't a payoff was really cool and clever. Well, I was thinking about the scene where she um, she's across from Waltz, the the actor. Wal- uh, forget what his name is in the movie, but whether he's like ordering her cake, a strudel, oh, yeah, and like strudel. putting the the whipped cream on top. Mm-hmm. It's like that just like that that tension that doesn't let you go. Yeah, yeah. the whole time. And I think it's so it's so fantastic. It's so good. Like. All the way up to like the actual reveal of the fact that like the owner of the ranch is still alive and he isn't dead, like you yeah. kind of led to think. It's so well done. Everything and then like Brad Pitt knocking the guy's fucking teeth out and all this like it's a great because <laughs> even then it's still really hints of like is the other guy gonna get to him in time to like stop him or whatever kind of thing. And like it's such a well done scene that is one of the highlights of the movie for me. The problem being that like I think there's a lot in between that and the end of the movie that is less okay right like i love leonardo DiCaprio in this movie i think his character is super well done yeah in particular i love every one of his interactions with the little girl like the like seven eight year old girl i think they're <laughs> yeah. fantastic i think they're fantastic yeah. like i think that whole scene of him and like bucking bronco bill or whatever it was like is so good and like him like explaining the book and how like he was like oh my god this is my life kind of thing but it's like kind of hold it together for this little girl who like just met him and like it's also like good and i love his character arc but like it's an instrument for me where it's like i think ultimately what once upon a time in hollywood is about is just like these two characters lives like it isn't really the plot isn't really more than that it's just like this is their lives over a six month stretch and there isn't really more or less to it than that it's just what it is like there isn't an overarching plot they're driving towards they're not trying to kill somebody they're not trying to get a role like it's just like this is their life and the 1968 69 for like six months as their careers are at a kind of pivotal turning point and like what are they going to do next what are they going to break out into or not break out to are they going to just kind of kind of fade away or not and that's really cool and interesting for me i think it is probably it's like one of one of the mid-tier tarantino movies for me i would think like i yeah. think i would have it like four or five okay. um out of it he's done nine um so it's i still think it's very good i think there are great parts to it the Indian is absolutely bananas. Bonkers. It is maybe the single goriest, most violent, like insane, over the top scene I've ever seen in a movie. It is absolutely bonkers. It was it was almost gratuitously violent yes. for its own sake. Yes, uh, and like that's Tarantino definitely does not shy away from violence, and he doesn't hear, and he like leans into it. And the irony for me is that like all of Tarantino movies are so like are violent and kind of stylized and all this sort of stuff, but like this one is one where like. There's virtually no violence. Yeah, the entire, the entire time. movie. Like the the fa- when Brad Pitt knocks his teeth out, it's noticeable because of the lack of violence before it. Like it's been so calm and so not violent, and then like it is all safe. This final like fifteen minutes maybe of just like an explosion just of violence and nonsense. blood and murder and like it is yeah nonsense and it's really funny because this might be the least violent Tarantino movie. We're also having maybe the most violent scene of any Tarantino movie in it. And it's also noticeable because I'm trying to think, but like almost every single Tarantino movie has a pretty high body count for its main cast of characters. And here, yeah. none of the main cast dies. I mean, like right. whether it's Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, or Margot Robbie, if you want to call her a Shannon Tate, kind of the other mm-hmm. star in it, like they all survive, right? Whereas, like, basically, every movie, like, Hateful Eight. Have you seen Hateful Eight? I have not. Spoiler, a lot die in the movie, right? Like, a lot of that cast does not make it out. And, like, Django Unchained has a very high body count. And, like, yeah. Glorious Bastards has an insanely high body count. And, like, even, like, Pulp Fiction, like, John Tolter's character dies in the movie, right? Like, he, like, yeah. So I, I made the mistake. In that way. I made the mistake of, like, you know, I'm watching this whole film mm-hmm. and, like, 
I'm feeling that it, it it's taking a while. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. It it, it did feel a it's little. It's a slow long. burn. Yeah. yeah. And at the very towards the end, I I made the the stupid mistake, and this is what teaches me that I don't learn anything. Mm-hmm. Is was that I was like, you know, I guess this is Tarantino's kind of departure from that like zany violence that he's got. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's learning sure. how to. This is his like study and building tension he did a really good job in this film of building tension and mm-hmm. developing these characters mm-hmm. that he really attached to i guess he's really t- oh no here it is this is it this is the violence here we go and it's so funny because i literally like i thought they were going to i thought shantan was going to die in this movie literally until like it didn't happen yeah where it's like like when they were like walking up to the house and I was like, Oh, they're going to go to Sharon Tate's house, obviously not their house. And then when I went to their house, I was like, Oh, okay. Like this is going to be some weird thing. And like, I thought they were going to like walk in and be like, Oh, you're not the right couple. And then like leave and just go to the next house and like kill Sharon Tate behind the thing. And like, I kept thinking it wasn't going to be them until it was like, literally like they were fighting. And even then, like when he like, they first like shit first got crazy. I was like, okay. Like maybe there'll be like some weird thing of like, this goes badly and then they're going to come back like the next day with like a new crew and, and then do like murder yeah. Shantay to like get, can we, like get like the address mixed up and then like murder Shantay but like I didn't know what was going to happen like I knew that like Shantay was going to die and like that group of friends was going to die and then for me it was the thing like it was maybe when Brad Pitt fucking curb stomped that one guy's face oh my god when I was like I don't know if they're <laughs> going to kill Sharon Tate <laughs> Probably and then, like, not. a thing that, like, broke for me was when Leonardo DiCaprio was in the pool. When I, like, I didn't think, like, he might die in this scene where, like, he was in the pool and, like, the radio from the water was like, is he going to get electrocuted when he, like, dives in? You know what's funny is that you say that? I had the same thought. Right? And the thing that kept me, f- the thing that, like, almost kind of broke the fourth wall for me and, like, rooted me. Because, you know, that like, that kind of scene pulls you into the movie. Yeah. What pulled me out was thinking the same thing, but then realizing, no, 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 it's 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 battery volt. It's 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 voltage. It's not plugged in. Mm-hmm. So there's not enough voltage or amperage yeah. for him. And I was just like, I'm such a moron. Like, pay attention to the movie. Yeah. And, like, even, like, all the way up until then, I was like, but, like, they're going to find a way to murder Sharon, like, have Sharon take killed somehow. And then it was when he walked out, like, walked out of the pool area into the shed and came back with a flamethrower. I was like, <laughs> this is not... This is not the movie that it thinks it's going to, like, and I was like, all right, like, this is just a very, <laughs> and like, fl- like, just filleted that woman, and I was like, this is not, okay, like, I, and, like, beautiful but, call but even then, the it was, before. like, yeah, right, but even then, it was, like, a weird thing of, like, when, like, Brad Pitt's character is, like, leaving, like, an ambulance, and, like, oh, like, I'll see you tomorrow, kind of thing, and it's, like, it, it kept like, going. It was like maybe they won't, right? And then the, when he got, like, invited into the Tate's house, like, to, this is how the movie literally ends, like, when he gets invited into Tate's house, it's like, is he gonna be like with them when now like a second crew is coming up to like hit yeah. their house soon? Like they're gonna die. and I was like, is they still gonna have Sharon Tate? And like even so even at the end of the movie, I'm like, are they still gonna have Sharon Tate die there? Like after everything that just happened, is like, but is he also gonna do this too? Like it was that thing like literally until the like, credits rolled, I was like, are they gonna kill Sharon Tate still? Like it's such a good is Sharon Tate gonna die? Yeah, Sharon Tate she has to die here, guys. Um, and I loved it. Like and I think somebody who like maybe doesn't get talked about the movie that much because like her role is so quiet and kind of understated is margot robbie but like she did great i loved every yeah like i loved her performance right like it is such a subtle but like one that like over time makes you just love that character right like one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when she go watches herself in the yeah, movie and like it's so, so charming it's so endearing right like when she's like laughing along when the audience laughs with her right and like 
and it's such a cool thing and like her getting to see that like people like the work she's doing it's such a like nice like oh man like i love that like it this whole movie is a movie about like making movies and a movie about like being an actor being a writer or director or just like being involved in the creative process so how like in any way which i think both of us can like feel and like have a special place in our heart for and getting to see that scene where it's like oh like she's just getting to enjoy people liking what she's doing was like such a cool like that's rad like i love that and like it's such an endearing moment and and we get to do that too logan we do get to do that all three people yeah (laughs) yeah and like i i really like the movie a lot um i think it's got problems but i think the movie is really good um and tarantino has said that he's only going to do 10 movies this is his penultimate film he's only got one left after this and then that's so that's so if weird he holds to me. himself to that rule that's so weird to me because people are usually very uh, uh, people who finally break into the industry the way that tarantino he has. came in late so yeah yeah exactly and they're typically much more prolific mm-hmm. right like you don't get good until you've done at least 10 movies and then you start getting noticed but quentin tarantino kind of broke that hole mm-hmm that whole mold and in fact he's only done 10 movies right? he doesn't he doesn't do like a ton of other movies too like a lot of directors do he's just yeah. done I've just done 9 movies over 25 years and that's it like I haven't done and these are my movies and yeah. these are my babies and yeah, that's it that's yeah that's it right yeah. he takes a lot more years to develop movies than I feel like a lot of other directors do right and right very interesting. It's interesting yeah it is very curious to see what his last film will be now Logan I wanna I wanna talk to you about a development in the gaming industry talk to me that, about it that took place um, in the last month yeah with, within within the last month and it, it started out as being very, very benign and asinine and even just like sophomoric. Um, but then it grew into this like very complex issue that I think warrants talking about. Okay. So your Final Fantasy VII. Okay. It's getting redid. Uh, yes. Redid. Redone. Redone. Yeah. Um, it looks great. And yeah, I'm excited it looks beautiful. about it. Yeah, I. Um, Are you a Final Fantasy guy? Uh, I am. Okay. Not. I, I'm not as much as I because when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I had all the time in the world to like min max and sure. like do all this stuff and like I have fi- I got Fire Emblem. Okay. For the yeah. Switch, um, and even that game is just like God. Mm. I, I, it's so much opportunity to min max this shit and recruit characters mm-hmm. and build support between them and that you know the kid the child element. Um, you know what? What am I gonna? What am I gonna do here? Like it's just it, 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 it demands so much time. Yeah. If you want to do it that way. Okay. Actually, I don't think this Fire Emblem has a child element, the way that the other ones did. I don't think any of them. I think I'm wrong there. Anyway, the point is, is that Final Fantasy VII is getting redone mm-hmm. and looks great. And so, of course, they redid a lot of characters. Mm. Oh, okay. I think you you probably know where I'm. Based off of that line, I might know where you're going. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Okay. So there is this big outcry over. Tifa's bust yep. size. Okay. <laughs> and so and, and I I'm believe it's Tifa to be clear too. Tifa, you're I right. Think it is. You're right. Um so yeah. yep, yep, yep. there was a big hoopla about this and it was dumb. Yes. Like, absolutely. So stupid. Like, do we not have better things to talk yes. about? And then I started reading more and more mm-hmm. about this, right? Okay. So on the one hand, it doesn't effing matter. Nope. Right. And Tifa is a fighter. She mm-hmm. she does melee. I mean, she gets up in the you know she's doing backflips and stuff. Yeah. Like she can't, like she's gonna wear a sports bra yeah. in any sort of realistic yeah. like fashion, right? Like like because she's doing shit and mm-hmm. like getting in people's faces and punching or whatever. Okay. So, and so then this like 
so obviously you heard the outcry of like a bunch of weeboos. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, exactly what it was though. Yeah, yeah, like what are you doing? Like the boobs are supposed to be bigger than this mm-hmm. for no other reason than just like we want boobs. Yeah, right. Yeah, hundred percent. It's all people. Like. And then there was this other voice that was like, and 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 the thing is, you never like on the internet, no one knows if you're a dog, right? Like there were people saying like, hey, I'm a woman, and I like playing video games, and it was kind of cool to have somebody who was like representative of like my body type who was also badass because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of female melee characters especially in rpgs mm-hmm. i was like well you might just be a wee-woo in disguise trying to like push this issue of like representation um but actually you know you make you make a valid point nonetheless um i think those are the ways to go about it and and then it just became this like big conversation about like when this game was made like 10 years ago 20 years ago yeah i'm sorry yeah 20 years ago uh the whole gaming industry wasn't as diverse as it is now women are much more involved Mm -hmm. and that's obviously that's great and so then when you redo a game for today's day and age that was made for a very different audience back then Mm -hmm. of course you're going to make considerations uh and so now, who is this game for? Is it for today's audience? Is it for a nostalgic audience of twenty years ago? And I think the final like kind of coup de gras on this is that someone did the math, and, and I haven't verified it myself because I have a, I was buying a house. Sure, yeah, um, you were busy. But but someone apparently did the math and realized that well, okay, given that Tifa now has a realistic body type, right? And like actual measurements, as opposed to like mm-hmm. a, being a polyhedral shape sure. with like Tomb Raider. Like I, I, that's the other thing. It's Laura Croft. She was Laura Croft in the one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And part of it is that like, well, that's kind of limitation. Like you can only have pyramid-shaped things on a polyhedral. You mm-hmm. can only work in polygons. Twenty years ago, now you have you can actually give her realistic a, a realistic body image. Um, but someone did the math and was like, actually, they they made her boobs bigger i think i might have seen something like this but it Um, just looks more realistic so then what are we actually fighting about here and this took up a lot of my time (laughs) i think so i'm not a final fantasy guy Uh um i've never played one game even remotely close to finish i've only played one or two even a little bit and a little bit is like literally like one one or two hours Mm -hmm. yeah um well which is very small but this yeah but this conversation has been around a little bit. Uh, it's been a, a lot of online fodder, I think. Uh, a lot of jokes made about kind of people getting upset about it. But I actually like the point you made about like who is this game made for, mm-hmm. and re- and really who are games like this in general made for? Yeah. Whether it's Final Fantasy VII like remake or like the Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy. Yeah. Um, and these kind of things, and I think that's a super interesting question to me. That's a super, um, I think thoughtful conversation we had about that where I it's think like, it's at the heart of the issue and I think it depends on the game right like I think unambiguously Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy was made for people who played those games 20 years ago yeah those games were not made for people who play games now who hadn't played them before they were made for people who grew up loving Crash Bandicoot and wanted to play it again that one is pretty simple this one Final Fantasy 7 Remake is not that I don't know who this game is necessarily for because I think it's kind of a little bit for both um, and I don't know how successfully it'll nail that bridge, right? Like, 
the game is not going to be Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, it's different. They it's, made updates. For starters, to it's going to be two play. different games. Yeah. Um, that are going to release separately. It's going to be different. Like it's going to be massive. It's going to be way more in depth. It's going to be huge. It's going to be sprawling. It's going to be epic. Um, it's going to be a different video game. But it's also a video game that is trying to also connect to people who played it twenty years ago. We're also saying this is not that game anymore. We were a very different video game, right? And like, I think. Final Fantasy VII Remake is a really interesting example of a remake that is also doing different things. It is That is actually a remake. That isn't just like a remastered kind of re version. It's actually a, literally a brand new different game that is just a, like it's remaking that original game. But it will obviously be different because of that. Um, and I think that games are a medium where we, we are terrible at preserving <laughs> our history um, and maintain our history. Like, there are just games that are lost forever that you just want to be able to play again. We just lost them and that you just can't play them anymore. Yeah. And we're... People are getting better about this. People are getting more passionate about this. And also, like, modern technology makes it easier. Um, but we've been terrible at maintaining our history. And so remakes and remasters, most people want to roll their eyes and cry about them. And, like, you're just reusing the same game over and over again. Well, also, part of that is that that makes it easier for history wise to have these games be able to play again and again and again, right? Like there are certain games that should be able to played. I take the back. Every game should be able to be played forever, right? Like every movie, you can pretty much watch any movie ever made for the most part. Yeah, good point. Um, and basically books, if it's been written on anything, you can read that book from any time in history. Games, we were just terrible at doing this with. And now we've gotten a little bit better at it, but even still like there's some issues. Like the Spyro trilogy. Yeah, I right? wanted to play those games so bad, but like my old PlayStation didn't work. And anymore. now they're like the remaking those remade games. Them. And Crash Bandicoot Two, right? Because games can get caught in like weird like copyright or weird like licenses issues, which is what happened with Crash um, and Spyro, because Activision technically owned them but not PlayStation. Um, and so I think games have been really bad at this. So I'm always like, I don't. And it's also the thing too of like, like so much on the online community and like internet. If you don't like something, you can just not buy it or consume it or interact with it. But mm-hmm. other people might like it, right? Like, I don't necessarily need to buy every remake or master of this particular video game. But I also think that, hey, there might be some kid who's 5 or 6 or 7 or 10 or 12 or 14 who's going to play it for the first time ever. And maybe they'll love it just as much as I love this thing. And maybe I don't need to play that, right? Like, I think that video games like Uncharted or The Last of Us or Mario Bros. 3... Um, or even games that I don't necessarily love but I think are super important, like Ocarina of Time or these kind of things, should be playable on everything. Everybody should be able to play these games, right? So, like, I'm always going to be in favor of let's put them on as many things as possible. Yeah. Um, or if that, if that means remaking them or remastering them because only one entity owns it, that's fine. Like, Nintendo, to be... Like, you can, you can say Nintendo does a lot of things wrong because they do... But one thing they don't do wrong is make sure their games are playable on everything. That's true. They put it everywhere. They release these games 17 times each. Um, and so, like, I think that's a point where, like, history-wise, I like it. This video game is weird because it's such a different video game. Like, it will be such a fundamentally different video game than what came before. It, I mean, literally, it is going to be two games telling the story instead of one now. The first game is going to be massive. It's going to be set in just one city, but it's going to be huge, right? And it's like, I think that's kind of cool. Like, I like the idea of, game, of like, storytellers 20 years later, or, like, 15 or 10, or whatever it might be time-wise, time 
getting a chance to tell their own story, right? Like, let's have somebody do a Final Fantasy VII remake now and, like, what their vision of that story looks like, right? Because, like, I think yeah. we're in a weird spot for games where, like, and it's understandable, too, but, like, because the movies and TV sh- and TV shows are just totally different, but, like, movies kind of do the same thing where, like, to some degree, we're like, that's that version of that story, and there's no other story like that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I like that, right? Because video games and movies are also bad at, like, remaking everything, and, like, not everything needs to be remade, but, like, I don't know, like, there are one million different iterations of Shakespeare plays, and, like, <laughs> that doesn't make Shakespeare any less anything. It's still perfect. It's still He's still brilliant, right? Yeah. And it's, like, maybe Final Fantasy VII remake will be terrible, but, like, also, if that's the case, which I don't think it will be, you can play the original Final Fantasy VII stuff, right? Like, so so you're saying like if you're unhappy there, about these changes, don't buy it. Yeah, don't play it. Don't consume it. Don't just like and also like and this goes back to the thing of like, don't be so angry about things if you don't like them, right? Like like don't put out so much negative energy. Like if you don't like something, don't inter- just don't be, exist with it. Just don't be near it, right? If it's like I don't like this game, cool. I will not look at that game anymore. Why would I like? I don't. I, I'd rather be enjoy. I'd rather like talk about things I like and enjoy, right? And it's like. Final Fantasy VII, I think, is really cool and interesting. I'd love to see more games do this, right? Like, I'd love, 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 love to see, like, a, like, what would, like, a modern-day, they can do whatever they want with it, like, Mega Man game look like. Or, like, a modern-day, they can do whatever they want, like, I don't even know, like, Zelda they've already kind of done with Breath of the Wild. Like, it's a different, like, Mario game. What would that look like, right? And, like, I think they've kind of done that in some ways. But, like, these games from, like, the passion, like, you can do whatever you want. Like, it's, like, you have to, like, tell like a similar story but like do it in any kind of like gameplay style or whatever you want to do and just like do your own version of the story and go right and it's like well, what do you those th- remakes i think are really cool and exciting uh-huh and then but what do you think about as far as i think the only way that any of this has teeth mm-hmm. is when it comes to the issue of representation let's talk about representation right so and it, the, the, the trick is is that it has to be a good faith argument mm. right mm. it can't be somebody like it can't be some like dude who just wants to like look at boobs for whatever reason in the video game because it's not like you can't just go see boobs anywhere else mm. but it has to be like a very conscious like hey i like this character because it was like it empowered me it's a whole point of a role-playing game mm. and it was somebody it was my representation on the screen and why do we feel the need to change that? Um, I think that's, the, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a reach, uh, admittedly, and just my opinion, of course. But I think that's the only way that it had teeth, and so it was sort of just like a why make the change? But did they even make a change? Now that you think about it, because they were just giving a character realistic proportions. I don't even want to talk about teeth as much as the fact that like I just. Have I want to have a more conversation just on representation in general? Okay. It's like That's fair. the video game industry because I think your point is valid. The video game industry, every industry, um, needs to be more representative in general. Um, video games are hardly alone in this, but we're going to talk about video games and pick on them for a little bit here. They need to be more representative of everything, right? Like, I mean, like I can go pick up a box probably on either one of our like console stands right now. And the odds are that there's a white guy in, like, his 30s who's in the front of that box. Um, and, like, that's probably just the reality of the situation, right? Like, how many... I was about this when it's whenever, like, somebody will, like, ask a question to, like, a podcast to listen to or to a thing I'm on. Um, where it's, like, name, like, your, like, top, like, three or four favorite, like, 
female protagonist or like African American protagonist or like true any like I, I don't even know if I could name f- four Asian protagonists. I don't even know if I could name like four like Latino protagonists. I don't even know if I could name right like four like this is my thing of, like I like that's that's then sentence like thing like all right well like I don't even know right or it's like and th- this is one where I think about where it's like the African American one in particular where somebody was tweeted that into like I think it was beyond like years ago was like who are your like three favorite like African American like characters Japanese characters and they were like uh and they like they named like one or two releases and they were like ah oh, man like maybe and it's a thing like it's hard these people who like work in the industry full time and it's like it's hard like I don't like the video industry needs to be better about it and like are they getting better yes definitely over time slowly but like I think it's that thing for me when it's like man we're making a video game and here's the hero of this video game you draw the hero however you want to draw him and then it's like cool does he have to look like that or could he be something different instead could he be because it's that thing like I, people like are gonna scream and now shot me like well you're just doing it just for like diversity's sake and it's like first off okay that's <laughs> is that bad I don't I don't I didn't I don't I don't catch a problem still but second off even if that's like in regards to that it's like cool but also like I have a lot of heroes in stories that are like me I I'm good man like I'm I'm like it's that thing of, like. <laughs> tell me other stories right it's like i got harry potter for charters i got luke solo and han skywalker i mean i got luke solo and han i got luke skywalker and han solo i got like james bond i got like literally almost all heroes in most mediums that i consume right i like give me stories that like maybe other people want like maybe other people won't read because guess what when you tell those stories too i will also love them right where it's like the uh, Crazy Rich Asian was like the first like oh, yeah. movie with an all Asian cast in Hollywood in like twenty years or whatever. The movie, that movie's phenomenal. I love yeah. the movie. The movie made me cry. I love Crazy Rich Asians, but also and like I adore the movie. And also, it had a huge impact on like an entire community of people who like again first time in twenty years a movie had an all Asian cast. And it's like these movies can be can go both ways, right? Like everybody can like obviously they can because guess what? People who aren't white dudes in their 20s or 30s haven't enjoyed all media for oh forever <laughs> and so i feel like we can enjoy media that isn't just necessarily depicting us and like also we can learn insights and learn things from that too and it just allows for cooler stories like even if the only difference is that this character is a different skin color that will have an impact on somebody somebody will take something from that even if that's the only difference and they will be encouraged by that. They'll be emboldened by that. They'll be like, Hey, like that person looks like me and like, or talks like me or speaks like me. And I think that can go such a long way. Right. And like, I think open up the floodgates to telling more diverse stories and having larger cast of characters and doing things differently and exploring different, I think cultures and societies and races and genders and like, will only make things more interesting and more exciting and offer more creative sorts of opportunities. Um, and like, if people are going to whine about it, which they will like, fuck them. Like it's, 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 I guess it's like a simple point to me, which is like, well then I don't want you like here. Like I, we don't want people like you here, like go away, like go away hmm. and t- do your stories, whatever you want to do. But like, this is the reality of the world, right? Like the world is going to become more of this and less of you. And like, this isn't just like some doomsday scenario. It's like, Hey, like look at the demographics of one particular country. Let's say America. It doesn't look like it did 20 years ago. And I got great news for you or really bad news for you. It's going to look even different in 20 years time, right? Where it's like, 
I think it's like 2050 we're going to become a minority majority country where like yeah. a majority of the country will be minorities and it's like that's I think if it's 2050 it's 30 years away so 30 years max maybe less than that even right so it's like this is the reality of the world right like over time we're just going to become less of anything and just more of like this act more of an actual melting pot of things even more than we already are right and it's like logan the question was boobs yeah right and like boobs are great they're <laughs> top it, logan they're top three thing <laughs> in the world the- <laughs> here but like i think also there's a really cool conversation to be had here and like i don't know like i'd love to see like i'm playing through all of the call of duty games right now um for call of duty view which i can now tease and a thing there is that like Call of Duty has problems and issues, I guess, if you want to talk about it. But it's like, they're out here being like, they're just making people different whatevers, and they don't even talk about it. It's not even like a thing. It's just like, yeah, like this guy's maybe he's black, maybe he's white, maybe he's Hispanic, maybe he's like Asian, or it's just like, that's just who he is, and you just go about it. But like, there are people out there who are like, hey, like, that guy looks like me, and I like, and like, that's super cool. Right? Like, I don't see it a lot in video games because I never do, right? And it's like, I don't like, it's weird going, because obviously these games came out such a long time ago, but it's like, I remember, like, certain characters, like James Ramirez, because she went through Modern Warfare 2, where being like, I remember that at the time, even, when I would have been in high school, being like, this is, like, probably been like, man, that's one of, like, the first, like, Hispanic characters I can even think of in a video game, right? And, like, Paul Jackson in Modern Warfare mm-hmm. 1 is, like, one of the first African-American characters I remember in a video game. Was that, was that first one Gears of War? No, these are Call of Duty games. Oh, these are Call of Duty. These are Call of Duty. Oh, That's oh. what I'm saying. So these are Call of Duty. And it's like, these are some of the first, like, Hispanic or African-American characters I can remember. And I was in high school. And it's like, I still, I mean, like, obviously I remember them because I'm playing through them again. But it's like, yeah. I still remember that even before that. It's like, they made an impression on me. And if they made an impression on me in any small way, they made a bigger impression on other people, right? And it's like, yeah. I think it's right. I think it's cool, right? Like, I can only think about the entire time we've been talking. Um, I believe it was Final Fantasy... <sighs> 13 or 12 um it wasn't well probably received. 12 the, the, the one think, with the pink uh, hair now you make me question that i played 12 or 13 it's 12 or 13 yeah, yeah. lightning her character's name yeah um and in the first one and i just remember seeing uh like the open one of the opening cutscenes, and it has um this dude this african-american dude and he had a chocobo yep. living in his afro yep. and he spoke the way that Robert Downey Jr. does as like um oh, what's his name from Tropic Thunder you know yeah I know exactly nominated for I, an Oscar I, I don't know what his name is yeah I know exactly what you're talking about though but it was just so unbelievably jarring that um yeah yeah 13. that one 13 Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 13, 13. Yeah. yeah it was just so jarring that like they just had this like caricature essentially in a ca- yeah. in a game, and I was like, "What? It like it's it's 2011, guys! Yeah. Like, come on, we what are you doing?" <laughs> and that's the thing is that like, I mean, this also goes to the point of like why we should also have more diverse creative directors and directors and writers and screenplay like yeah. craft like in general. Well, and and in Japan too, because this I mean, yeah, that's a big caricature of of. African American, I guess in their case, I mean that's the African American, African giant Japanese black yeah. people, in in their anime, in in the whole sort of mediums that they. Have. And, and again, like, <laughs> <laughs> this is why diversity only makes things better. Like, it's, it's like it's such a like dumb whatever thing to say, but it's like 
because it's like so simple it's obviously true but like in 2019 maybe it's not so obviously true but it's like it like diversity and people come from like all walks of life coming together to work on something or craft a story in the boardroom and say yes not a good idea or maybe just even just saying like i have a different idea maybe and that idea could be better right and it's that thing like it's that thing like different realities can make something so much better right and like walking like a mile in some shoes can well like i think inherently make you more empathetic and kind of have your eyes open a little bit more right where it's like i think that like travel and reaching out and like getting different stories told from different people and seeing different parts of the world inherently makes you a more empathetic and curious and like kind person and i think that a big part of that is getting told different stories and and see different experiences and see different lives and see different people right and like you see you cannot help but see the inherent common humanity in all of us and so like i don't know like i think japan, japan uh is an incredibly homogenized country it's like 99 or like 90 something percent like japanese people and that's about it um but i also think that video games in general are really bad at this um i think most media are really bad at this to be fair but video games in general are really bad at this um because they cost a lot of money to make and so they take longer to be time to make and so there's like a longer like i think development curve here but this is where i think like the indie market is really cool and allows for different things um like different stories being told like indie games that have like different like protagonist perspectives and stuff like that um but i don't know like I think I'm really excited to see video games from people who don't look like me, who don't, who don't speak like me, maybe, who don't act like me, um, who just aren't like me. And then because I think that's super exciting, I want to know more about that, right? Like, I'm an inherently super curious and excited person about, like, different experiences and different cultures and different people and just different stories. Um, because I think that's what makes us, like, better um, and more, like, human. And so that's what I want. Like, I, like, can you imagine like, God, like that's like, like one of the most famous like video game characters of all time is a fucking like fat Italian dude. Um, <laughs> and like, tripping on shrooms. Yeah. Right. And it's that thing of like, and like, that's super exciting. Right. And like, I bet you, I bet you anything. He's friends with turtles. Cause you never see his face. That's part of what makes Master Chief so cool is that he can be anything. He can that's be, true. he can look like anyone. So you can look like me or Renee or fucking, I don't even know George Clooney or Michael Jordan and you can be like this guy can be like he's he's me right and that was a big deal with Metroid yeah the right that too you, right, played, yeah. you played as this character this whole time and you think and you were like and the, yeah. the instruction manual when those were a thing was like you referred to Samus in the he pronoun mm-hmm. and then at the very end of the game if you were really good at this game you found out that like kind of like psych you've been playing a woman this whole time and like part of i think what makes it so clever is that like the even even 20 years ago like they knew that like there was an inherent like slightly sexist lean towards just being like i'm a guy if like if i'm yeah. playing a character if i'm a hero in a, a story space guy i'm a shooting du- i'm obviously a dude right and it's like the big reveal works particularly well because it's like oh fuck i was wrong right like that's what makes it so clever is that like this thing that i dedicated hours and got good at i thought it was a dude the whole time and like why you never had any reason like if you don't read the man like you never any reason to think you're a dude you just naturally think like oh i'm a man obviously because i'm playing i'm a hero in a game i'm a man but then it's like well there's no reason to think that necessarily you could be anything in this you could be a man or woman in this game um and like i think it's really clever on that like psychological like calling out your bullshit level of like hey like <laughs> 
if you were like stunned by this, you're only stunned because like maybe you were wrong to begin with the thing about something like that. And it's like, it's really kind of cool and clever. And like, yeah, like, I don't know, like I would like, I mean, like what am I like so for me, like one of my favorite film series is, um, the El Mariachi series that Rodriguez did of like, El Mar- this, this is movies now of, like <laughs> uh-huh. El Mariachi. Right. And like, uh, Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I love those movies. I love those movies. I love that trilogy of films. Um, and I think Robert Rodriguez is like a really cool director before night before like 2004. And those movies in particular are like rad and incredible and like such a cool like showcase of like minimalist storytelling like in terms of like very low budgets like getting bigger over time and just like cool action set pieces and characters and vibe. And one of my friends became a filmmaker and got into films. 100% because of Rodriguez's movies and those movies in particular and it's like this is what I'm talking about where it's like Christian gets into movies because of Rodriguez but like what if Rodriguez never happened right like what if it was just like James Dolan or whatever like some fucking dumb white guy name and it's like making dumb white guy movies and those movies are different because movies are like El Mariachi is all in Spanish and then Desperado and Once Upon a Mexico are movies that are steeped in like the Mexican like film culture, and even though they're in English, like they're incredibly influenced by that. And like Rodriguez is like unabashed in terms of, like there's Spanish in all of them. Yeah, one is entirely in Spanish. All three are influenced by like Spanish like legends and mythology and storytelling ideas and tropes. And now he lives um, in a castle in Austin. And that's true. He does because he's fucking maybe also kind of crazy. <laughs> he's definitely a little bit crazy. Um, okay. But are we all? And it's like I think that's super cool. Right? Because like that's what I'm talking about. Is that like. I adore those movies. I love those movies. The movies had a big impact on me, but, like, they, like, literally got Christian into, like, what his dream profession and, like, what his profession is and what his passion is, right? And it's, like, is that because of the movies themselves? Is it because of, like, he could see that, like, hey, like, somebody like me can do this too? Um, I don't know, but, like, it's definitely, I think, a mixture of all those things, right? Like, I think seeing that somebody who looks like you and speaks like you um, doing something that you want to do can make an impact, right? And it's, like... It's it seems weird and foreign and dumb, but it's like I never had like shot shot to just be, I mean like being me, but like I never had to wake up one day and be like I don't know if I can do this thing because like anything I've wanted to do I can see everybody and everyone in this field probably is somebody who looks like me doing it, whether it's like mm. literally anything, or whether it's like a sports or writing or films or games or TV or music or politics or like anything throughout history there are a lot of guys who there are a lot of people who are just white doing them and it's like hey i know it's possible for me whereas if you're somebody who's not white it's like hey your story is a little bit different than mine um sorry about that yeah uh and so it's like i don't know like i think the role diversity can play is huge and like i think it goes both ways like i think nobody is ever hurt by more diversity but even more than that, everybody benefits from it. Everybody benefits from a more diverse storytelling world and just world in general. And I guess this kind of comes down to, um, because again, like I completely understand the, the, I hate to keep coming back to this. We're going to talk about boobs. We're going to talk can, about boobs, I can guys. completely understand the, you know, like, okay, perfect. Tifa, so let's see. Tifa represent, is, is representative of a group of gamers who, you mm-hmm. know, wasn't there before, yeah. right? Um, now that the gaming industry is sort of involves more yeah. graphics. Okay. And I get that for sure. 100%. And then it kind of comes down to like, is it, is it, is it possible to like not sexualize a character like that in a video? Game? That's a hard question to, to answer because 
That's a whole different question. It's, yeah. a, let's, we're now we're switching topics and like. I don't I mean, because like, because the gaming industry caters so much to dudes. But this is also a thing of like, <laughs> this is and it's the meme where it's just like such, it caters to the male fantasy. This is yeah, such yeah. a hard like topic shift from like this really cool like, conversation about like diversity in games. And now it's like <laughs> I think so it's like bring you down. Like, I think it's like rule thirty four, right? Isn't that the rule? Like, yeah, rule thirty four. Yeah, in other words, like it doesn't have to be. This isn't game. This is like anything where it's like if there's a like to be, and I guess to be fair, it goes both ways. But it's like if there's a character that exists on the internet, there is a point of that character. True, and it's just like. So no, it gets your answer. Like no, it's not possible to not sexualize any character. Yeah, like no matter point. who it is, like it's out there. Um, so I guess the answer is just like have your characters and have them do their thing and yeah, have them be right. strong and, and flesh like, them out and and I, make them three dimensional. Yeah, that's the thing. Like and just know I that think people you can't can do like like I guess it, it, it actually just ties kind of well into the diversity one too. It's like ultimately it's like there are just people who are like fucking suck out there. And either way, whether it's like they don't like more diversity and they don't like not sexualizing everything that exists and it's like you aren't telling stories for those people like yeah craft really cool three-dimensional fleshed out awesome rad characters that you want to tell and put them into the world right and it's like somebody will enjoy that's always my thing it's like somebody will enjoy this thing you've done whether it's like one person or not like somebody out there will be like fuck this like slaps this hits me real hard <laughs> and maybe something dumb whether it's like an overwatch character or whether it's like something really like heart-wrenching and soul like affirming or destroying like the last of us or like uncharted or like halo or like final fantasy or anything or journey somebody's gonna be impacted by that and maybe millions might be and maybe it'll, the impact will reach on for ages right like when William Shakespeare was writing his plays, he didn't think that necessarily they'd be so talked about and discussed and read four years later, right? When, like, Homer wrote the Odyssey and the Iliad, yeah. he would have no idea that this will be a thing that is, like, reviewed and talked about and discussed critically and in-depth two millennia later, right? It's like, tell your stories and then leave it the rest of history, right? And, like, let that be the judge of you. But, like, I think if you passionately and articulately and compellingly craft these characters who have heart and soul and three dimensions to them, that's all you can really ask for out of a creator and yourself. And so, like, do that. And then if people are like, hey, I'm going to draw some, like, not cool stuff with them. It's like, well, that person sucks anyway. If they're like, hey, this person <laughs> is, like, the wrong, like, whatever. And it's like, hey, like, maybe there are people who don't look like you out there, too, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what I would say. So that was what I wanted to bring to the table. Well, yeah. again, we still have some time. Did you have any topics that you wanted to Go over, discuss. So I think I just want to talk about for a brief, brief second here, brief interlude. It's not going to be brief. I think it will be brief. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> although me and Renee are not necessarily known for our succinctness, I guess. Go. Sorry. So I, I, I hate to interrupt you. No, go. I, I, I want to. I want to make sure that I don't forget to because we had a lot of interesting responses to our question last week or last not last time yes. about if you how many. Um, Eight-year-olds, yes. ten-year-olds, five-year-olds, five-year-olds. Five right? Could you take on mm-hmm. in a in a room mm-hmm. um, over Twitter? And I have I discussed it with uh, people who listen, my brother and some coworkers of mm-hmm. mine that listen to this. We also had a conversation about it at beer night. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to go over some of the responses. Give it to me, yeah. So um, one response was that all you really have to do is keep moving. And I don't know if I agree with it. I don't know if I agree with that. I either. think this yeah, coworker that that posited it has his head up his ass, mm-hmm. and I'll say this to his face. I did say it to his face, um, but he was just like, "No, no, 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 no! You you, you keep moving." It's a hundred five year olds, and and, and it's a hundred five. He's like, "No, I think I can outrun a hundred five year olds. I'm faster than them. 
and all I have to do is just one punch them, like each one, and then just keep moving, punch one out, keep moving, punch one out, and then you're done. And I was like, you underestimate the amount of endurance that it takes to outrun five-year-olds and to punch and to keep moving. I think also, though, he's like, you're not on like a starting line. Where you can just like run, like they're all coming at you, right? So you can't just like run past them because they're coming towards you. So you're gonna like slam into them, right? And it's like right. you're in a room, so like you can only run so much before like you're just like in a room. So you're like still like you can't escape it. And also like I don't. That's some mighty good stamina you got, yeah, my I, guy. That's, like, what that's I'm a saying. lot of stamina. Like that's like because like because you're running nonstop for at least at bare minimum like a hundred minutes or like a hundred or or like, like an hour at least. And it's like. It's off. Oh man! Like I, I think, and you go back to the point. I think why people might overestimate how many they can do. It's a thing like, like we talked about beer night. I can't remember who like who brought it up, but it's like, once you're on the ground, you're dead. Yeah, you're done. Like there's like they will just mob attack you. So it's like, sure, you can do it. Like run as fast as you can and knock some kids out. But like, what if one kid fucking has a leg sticking out? And you just trip over that, and now you're on the ground, and you just get. And, just and now you were a guy who didn't just fall, but you were like going full sprint fall. So now you're boom, and you kind of get you're like the wind knocked out a little bit too. Yeah. And now you're kind of like a little bit dazed, and boom. So you have even less response time too. Like it's Absolutely. like, I don't know, man. Like I don't, I do not want to just like fucking 100 meters sprint around a thing for an hour because I'll be dead, and I'll be dead. Like no matter how you want to slice another one, it's like there's, I'm not making out of that one for sure. I, a better response that I saw yeah, was somebody. One. It, it's still tenuous. Okay. But you grab one of the five-year-olds, either mm-hmm. by the arms mm-hmm. or the legs, mm-hmm. and you just start swinging yes. them around. I thought about this too. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that one holds a little bit. There's still I that do. gap when you're not aimed in one direction. Agreed. And they can come up to you because they're Agreed. vicious. Um, but I thought that was a little more thought out. I agree. Uh, that one works. Again, you should, you have to be in a corner for that one to really work. Uh, yeah. You can't be in the middle room because they'll just come up behind you. Right. There's a hundred of them. They'll flank you. Um, but if you're in a corner, sure. My issue with that is less the gap when you swing it around, but more, again, a lot of stamina, right? Because, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, 40 pounds maybe for five-year-old kid weighs yep. like that. Yep. And it's like, sure, like, we can all lift 40 pounds, but, like, swing 40 pounds now for... With force. Yeah, and you have to do that. And, again... It's that thing too of like, it's you're not like swinging it and it's just going through air. You're swinging it, and cracking it something else, and then st- dead stop, right? Exactly. And then swinging it again, dead stop, and it's like and that's a lot of force on you, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's a lot, of, and you have to pick it up again. And you're gonna get dizzy. And also, you're gonna get dizzy. And also, like, I don't know, man, like, because you when you like work out, you do like 10, 15 reps or something. There are a hundred kids of this. I know that it's like less weight than we usually do, but it's still that thing of like. But also, you're doing. 10 times more repetitions you would usually do or 20 times more repetitions you'd usually do. So it's like also that builds up and also swinging something that's 40 pounds is a lot different than like lifting up box on putting into a thing and now you're done. It's like now like it's so yes, I like that idea a lot. I had the same thought but also like that's something you do for like two or three kids. You like pick it up, hit two or three kids and you drop it and keep and then keep going. Yeah. Because the big thing for me in this equation is stamina. Because that's it's gonna be because that's it's gonna be the that's gonna be the, like, the determining factor of how many you can take out right because you can't be exhausted because when you get exhausted <laughs> there's a hundred of them so they overwhelm you right so you have to be like cool I'll pick up a kid boom 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 two or three are down cool drop him regain what am I doing now right like forget my next move out here kind of thing but you can't swing that kid around for hundred swings I do not believe 
any of us have the standard for that. That's insane. I just want to go over some of the uh, some of the. I think those are some of the better answers that we. I like had. those Did, a lot. Were there any that you? I like those a lot. Any that you wanted to? I just wanted more folks and people at beer night who were like, man, I can take out like fifty kids, and I was like, man, I don't know about that one. Yeah, think about that one. Yeah, think about that one, Ashwin. Yeah, really think about that one. Can you <laughs> can you do that? Can you get it, my guy? Right? Like it's like I don't know, man. That's a lot of kids. I mean, right now, I mean like. 10, 15, maybe, oh, right? maybe. I was thinking more like five or eight. Right, right. And that's a thing of like, because actually like, you have to be smart when you first get in. You have to, when you get in, not just for your kids out, but then like get in a corner somewhere. And you might be thinking that's dumb, but also like if you get in a corner, they're also at least like, it's like a bottleneck a little bit where like they have to kind of funnel towards you. Precisely. Because you have your back covered so you can't get you from behind and your corners are pretty good because you can see them still. Can you get out? No. But also, they're there with you. <laughs> yeah. Or if your goal is I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna live. But like, how many can I take out? Just fucking talk. <laughs> just just walk it. Like run in there and be like, cool. We're, and just start knocking kids out. Right. Again, you'll die for sure. But you can rack up kids pretty quickly too. Doing it that way. I, I think you. I think if you have no weapons and it's you versus a hundred kids, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're dying for sure. The only the mm-hmm. only thing you can mm-hmm. do is yell, "This bloodline dies with me," mm-hmm. and then just fight for your life, mm-hmm. knowing yeah. that it's it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to have a brother. You do too. So our brother then secure. We have, that, we have that going for us. Um, well, I don't know about that. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Ooh again. burns, burns. Episode four, we get burns. Um, that's what I gotta say. That's my. I like those updates. I like those episode updates. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. I, I interrupted you. You were gonna. You I was go gonna say it was a brief, a brief little thing here. Okay. Despite Renee thinking that we never are brief. We're not. Um, I have been playing through. So yeah, for me and Alex over at rashpassions.com forward slash, check it out. Uh, <laughs> our uh, officially, we teased it out and announced it on Friday. That starting this upcoming Friday, because it's now Sunday, and you'll listen to this sometime this week. Um, are going to be doing Call of Duty in review, where we go back and replay every Call of Duty campaign from Modern Warfare to this year's Modern Warfare. Nice. So one a week for twelve weeks. Um, There's that many. Yeah, Modern oh Warfare was 2007. Oh, you're right. And then they didn't have one last year because they did no campaign. So there's Stupid. twelve. I agree. Uh, man, if we'd had a podcast then. Um, and yeah, so we're doing that. Uh, we've already pre-recorded three of them. Um, and I'm currently on the fourth one, which is Black Ops, which I was very excited for. I I love Black Ops. I adore Black Ops. Um, it is still fantastic and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of, it's very dumb. It is 100% inspired by a kind of funny interview from in particular their MC interview one that they did, which is very, very good and dumb and silly and goofy as is ours. Um, and so replaying through all these Call of Duty games is just like such a crazy blast from the past, right? Where it's like, think of like, especially like these first like four or five, right? Like Modern Warfare to Modern Warfare 3, which is five games. Um, and like those five, like the three Modern Warfare, World at War, and Black Ops, um, are basically like my high school career and then like first like two years of college. And it's like, man, I remember, like, I have so many memories of this, right? Where, like, of, like, again, like, spending, I don't even know how many hours, right? Like, Nazi zombies, right? And what at war in Black Ops. Like, oh how God. many hours have we all do some Nazi zombies, right? And, like, want to talk about zombies. Right? And, like, Modern Warfare 2 and 3, right? And doing, like, zombies. one of the chamber, right? And, like, a gun game. And, like, all these, like, multiplayer yeah, map yeah. things that they had, right? And, like, just, like, literally, man, it had to have been hundreds of hours we all lost, right? And, like... What my group would do is, especially for World at War when that came out, which is 2008, so I would have been going into my junior year of high school, 
and it's like we would have zombie nights where we just like all meet up at Br- Brandon Neptune's house. Sounds like a hell. <laughs> yeah, right. And in its own way, it was. We'd all get meet up at Brandon's house and get there after school, basically, whatever. And then just play zombies all night um, until like three o'clock in the morning, kind of oh thing. Oh um, And we would just do that. Would be like that was our weekend, right? We just do that until like three a.m. Saturday, whatever. Fall asleep, and then wake up and with zombies, right? Make and like. Right, his mom would luckily. Yeah. Um. And yeah, we would do that, right? And like we'd be, I mean, like zombie match. We see how many like rounds we could do, right? And like zombie rounds get longer, 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 right? So some of these would be like, and like oh basically yeah. the thing we do if there were more than four of us, which there was sometimes, but sometimes it wasn't. Well, people got the least amount of like kills would get like would sit out the next round, right? And like the thing about that is that some of these could last like an hour long. Yeah, it takes forever. So you're just sitting there for an hour. It's just an it's just for a, like an hour of just pure stress. And what's cool about that though is that like even if you weren't playing, it's still so like you were still so engrossed and so involved. And like man, like I am so in this because it then became a thing where, like I'm watching a movie basically. Yeah. Like I'm watching, and so it's like even if you weren't playing, like you didn't care because it was like holy shit, this is so like entertaining and gross and insane. But like if you were a part of it, like those maps were like you just were sucked in right and so like doing zombie like nights and like we would do that for years after that came came out and then like black ops came out two years later and like it was zombies all over again right so we'd have that for like years later and just like doing these maps again and again and again and again right and like for me a big part of that is the music right like when the when like what I always think of like as the zombie music first came on like the actual campaign of what it were playing it again now I was like fuck that's the zombie <laughs> music. I was like, that is the zombie music. I didn't even realize it was like in the actual game. I never noticed that before. And then it was like, oh man, like this music is so good. And then like in Black Ops, like they like use music from what it works. It's like a sequel to that in one of the missions of the game. And it's like, oh man, like yeah. it's such cool to get like that, like tying it all together, right? And like zombies is so well made because right. it is it is just constant stress yes except for little breathers that make you like level one <laughs> yeah, well yeah well yeah and then like the little interludes between yeah. waves but then the other thing is that like you cannot progress unless you upgrade weapons and then like the fact that those like upgrades are scattered around and like health packs are not health packs but those things on the wall like mm-hmm. scattered around and then it becomes a matter of communicating yes. with your teammates that's the big thing and like who like i need more ammo yeah. How are we gonna like? I gotta go get this thing. Are we all gonna go? Yeah. Are just some of us gonna go? Yep. That's a bad idea. Yep. But it inevitably ends up happening. Yes. Oh my god! And it's just like it's it's you trying to communicate and survive while there's just like these things in your fucking face that won't die. And I think that's what makes it so great to do that with like a group of friends. Where like I feel like I like that's put this in the docket. Like a beer night, like escape room thing, where it's like doing stuff like that with like a group of friends, where it's like, man, like, because <laughs> because then it's a thing like you all know each other, right? So like you know, like yeah. how to, you have like your own way to communicate, right? And it's like doing zombies is where it's like you have to like convey information in as few as words as possible because you have no time, and I think that leads to like its own kind of cool like shorthands and just like screaming expressions and like that, and like you all kind of know how the person thinks too if you plan it with like friends like we did. Um, and like I think Bayonetta would be the same way and so it's like doing like that like it, it's that thing like forge, it forges you into fire you're either going to be like you're going to break or you're going to make it and you're going to be part of the zombie night crew and it's oh like God, yeah. it, it's so it's so cool right and like I think because that like that bro group was like the original like friend group for me um, and like those are where like so many that's where like that group came together it was like those years from like Modern Warfare to like Modern Warfare like I mean I guess like Black Ops 2 kind of thing 
and like that's like a lot of the memories were forged via like Zombie Nights or like Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two multiplayer or three multiplayer, um, and in particular like me and like my childhood best friend mm-hmm. um, like played a lot of these games together, just like trading off the controller every death in the campaigns. So it's like, man, this is a blast from like some nostalgic ass years, and so it's cool to go back. And to And like, games. what a special time when you could like stay up all night yep. and like not have to worry about yeah. Like, I don't know work or any kind of the weekend, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 and like, and that's the thing too. I think where it is like, my friend group didn't like we none of us really drank really that much at all before we were like twenty one. Like we like some of us maybe had like a few drinks, but like I never drank before twenty one. Um, and like yeah, most of us didn't. Yeah. And part of that is because like we were, part of that is because we were from Missouri. <laughs> you can't go to a bar, and and part of that is because for better or worse we were playing like these games like that like took up our time so like we weren't like right. getting like kept you off the street yeah right you're saying <laughs> video games don't make you violent maybe? exactly maybe not yeah maybe video games don't make you violent that's also something we should have talked yeah, about yeah I can't believe we missed that uh, come back next week for your thoughts on video games don't make you violent maybe I mean it's basically right we basically just answered that question um, it's laughable <laughs> also listen to like an episode of input I did right after the Parkland shooting where like I just raged uh, at Trump for being like maybe it's video games fault and I was like or maybe it's not because every country in the world plays violent video games, but most of them... Oh, wait. Actually, my apologies. All of them don't have the same gun problems we do. And I mean, maybe it's not the first fact... First world country. There are, there are lots of mass shootings. Maybe it's country, not the fact not that... First world countries. Yeah, maybe it's not the fact that they play violent video games. Maybe it's the fact that like we have just so many guns, Trump, because like if you want to kill somebody... If you want to kill lots of people in England... You have to have a knife, and that's it. That's your weapon of choice. Whereas <laughs> here, you can go to Walmart and buy an AK-47. That's just a bit differently. It's going to have a bit more higher effect. But I digress. Call of Duty is still very cool. And it's, I, love the, I love the series. It's a lot of fun to go back to it again, and I kept that brief as well. So suck that's it. That's true. That's true. You did yeah. a pretty good job. I think that only took 15 minutes. I don't even think it took that long. I'll give it to you this time. Yeah. But I'll give it to you back, this time. It was a good back and forth. We talked about high school. We loved that. All right, what's the uh, what's the question we want to leave him with today? Now, you shared something in... You texted me something, this image of, like, a baby pig, I believe. This angry baby pig thing. What? Like, I do not remember Like a pygmy. Like a pygmy pig. Show I'm pulling thing. it up. I'm pulling up. This, like, this, this, it was on Reddit. I kill you, big man. Show me. What are you talking about? Was it a video? Or was yeah, it, it, was, a... it was, like, the little, like, Reddit video thing you showed me. I'm pulling it up right now. Fill the air. Fill, fill the time. Fill the um... air. Um... Okay, fine. I mean, I... It's like I, a little, like, pig. I'm pretty sure it's like a pig. Like a p- little, like, little, like, piglet. Like, pig, this pig. is vaguely familiar to me. Yeah. Uh, fill the time? All right, I'll talk about my love of Outlander. And yeah, actually, how- you haven't made an Outlander pitch, so give the Outlander pitch to the people. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just really fun. Why it's, should uh, I, an audience listener, watch Outlander? Well, given that you nor, I believe, none of the people who listen to this podcast are the core demographic of Outlander... Um, I think I'm just really into historical dramas right now. Mm, mm, uh, mm, period mm, historical mm, dramas. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of like romance stuff. I guess oh, it's yeah, nice to me. I oh, guess, yeah, you know yeah, why? Man. I think it's because oh, yeah, you do, man. I like to just sort of chill out when I watch TV. Okay. And the drama in most romance um, pieces mm-hmm. or, ro- like, mm-hmm. that anything in that medium is mostly like misunderstandings, bad communication. Now in Outlander there are some pretty there's some graphic violence mm-hmm. 
Um, but I'm kind of okay with it because it's 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 sort of this veneer over like like the violence is just sort of toppings on top of a delicious like romance cake, and it's just nice. A delicious romance cake. Are you yeah. still looking for the thing? What is Outlander sent from there? Now I got to check some Googling Outlander. <laughs> oh, okay. It's fun, man. It's on stars. There's no other reason to have stars besides. Well, uh, that's not true. American Gods is on there. You got American Gods. You got. Um, I think this is on Netflix too, though. Uh, the first two seasons are. I was gonna say. So give it a shot. See if you like it. You already have Netflix. There's a show called like Poldark that looks like Outlander, and I always get them confused. Poldark. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I haven't watched either one, but I know of it. Um. But anyway, there's, a, there's like a pygmy pig that's like chasing after a dude. Uh-huh. Um, and it was like... Ah, uh, yes. Okay, yes. yes yeah, yes, it was yes, like... Yes, yes, yes. It was like, how many of those could you take? And like... How many pygmy pigs? It's a very different question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... That's why I'm changing the question. I'm changing the answer. I'm changing the, like, whole, the whole game here in front of you. Um, And saying that at BeerNet this week, we mentioned how... You might have been up and about while you been discussed. Ricky, yeah, I think you were actually... Um, not Ricky Gervais, uh, Eddie Izzard did 40 marathons in 40 days. What? Wait. Oh, yes. Running. Yes. Eddie, yeah, Eddie Izzard did 40 marathons. He ran in 40 days, um, as a thing. I think it was for like Nelson Mandela's anniversary or something like that in South Africa. Um, and he did the last two on the same day because he missed a day because he was in the hospital early on. Mm -hmm. Um, so he did two in the final day. And so my question to you is how many marathons... Could you do over 40 days? Um, oh, my God. Oh, how many wow. You, how many do you think you're capable of? Um, how many do you think you could do? Right now. We're not talking about, like, you need to get to, like, right. a month change. Like, no, right like, now. Like, right now. Like, tomorrow I go. Day one. Damn. 40 days. How many do you think you could do? Could you do 40 in 40 days? No, of course not. No, of course not. So. Mm, that's a thing. 40. So, okay. So, 40 days is how many weeks? That's a. That's. Wait. I mean, like seven. five weeks, roughly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 roughly five weeks. Um, true. Yeah, so yeah. forty divided by seven. Come on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, five weeks, huh? I'm gonna say three. One thousand and forty miles, roughly. He ran. Oh my god. I'm gonna say three, maybe four, but probably three. So I guess important too. How many? What's the longest you've ever run? The long, uh, the longest I have. Okay, that's a good question. The I longest so. I've ever run. I thought so. Um, have you done a five k? Yes. I've done a five k too. So have you done a ten k? Oh, how long is a ten k? It's twice as long as a five k. Man, don't you? Um, <laughs> I have run five miles, which is not quite a. It's 10K. not a ten k. But I have been told that if you can run five miles. Then you can do a half marathon. A half marathon's thirteen miles. Yeah, and that Whoa. if you can do a half marathon, you can run a marathon. It just takes a different mindset. This just, just seems like we're just saying anything at that point. And which, if you can make run those a kind marathon, of rules, you can then run you forty. Can run forty. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, I, I, I'm kind of basing it on like my like I, I, I like to run. I know that it's very different running. to run a marathon. Yeah. Um, obviously, but. I think I could force myself to do the first one. Yeah. I'm not saying it'd be a good time. No. It'll never be a good it. time. But, no. But um, oh, I could do it. The longest I've run is a 5K. I might have run five miles once, but I think it's like a 5K is for sure like the actual like organized thing. Um, I would like, definitely hurt myself. 
because I've never done that before. So yeah. muscles would be taxed in ways that they're not used yeah. to being taxed. Yeah. So it would take time to recover. I think that would lead me into doing the second one maybe like a couple weeks later after making a full recovery. And then my muscles wouldn't be hurt the same way, but it's going to recover. And then I would be able to do the third one. That's why I'm kind of basing three in 40 days. Eddie Azud said that the first like five or six or seven, like he did the first one. He was like, all right, cool. Like a marathon. Here we go. And then he was like, if you can get past the first, like, I think he said like 10 or something like that, like less than that maybe. But like, those are the ones where it's like your body's like, what the, what is going on? Like, it's not what we usually do kind of thing. Like right. we're not ready for this. And then after the first 10, your body's like, all right, cool. This is what we do. This is what we're doing now. So like you said, like the first 10 were kind of the roughest. Yeah. Cause after that, your body's just like, your adaptation's like, this is what we do. This is like, what we do is we run a marathon today. This we're going to wake up and now. run a marathon. Yeah. And so yeah. your body like starts to adapt over time. So like the last few, I guess like the last 30, uh, were in his bag. Cause it's just him being like, this is what we do. This is how we do it. Right. He said the, the two marathons in one day, that was rough. Um, <laughs> if only because again, like to the point of like, this is what we do. We run a marathon, right? And like he did those ones basically like continuously. So like he ran the 26 miles and he's just like, cool, I'm running up 26 miles now. And that was one where he like, oh he was like near the end of the finish line for that first or whatever it was for the first one. And his body was kind of like, cool, like we done it. We did it. We did everything for the day. And then his mind had to be like, wait, no, we've won more. And his body was like, no, we don't. No, we That's don't. not what we've done for 40, for 39 days I'm now. I'm going to go sleep now. Yeah. We, now we're just like, come down and so like that was when really like that second was like ooh rough um mm. but otherwise to like the actual like last like 10 15 20 were actually like easy for him um who's somebody who's like an accomplished runner and yeah. does this for fun well um, not to not to interrupt you maybe three i don't know would you say that what was his name eddie Izzard. eddie is he's a stand-up comedian too would you say that eddie is an actor performed an unusual feat for a human being Yes, I don't know okay. where this is going. Would you say that that is um, almost potentially, you know, superhuman, what he did? Okay. Would you say that, um, you know, that things that are superhuman kind of defy understanding? Yes. Okay, would you say that things that defy understanding could sort of be, like, magical? Okay. Would you say that people who practice magic are wizards? Okay. Would you say that Eddie Eddie Izzard is a wizard? <laughs> Eddie Izzard is actually <laughs> flamboyant enough to be a wizard. I'm just trying um, to get you to say Eddie, Eddie Izzard is a wizard. Eddie Izzard is a wizard. Um, soundbite that. And that's the name of this episode, actually. <laughs> we, that was an easy episode to figure That was an easy episode to figure out for that title. Um, and Eddie Izzard is actually, like, amazing. He knows, like, f- I think he speaks, like, four languages. Maybe He's five. definitely a wizard. Um, is like an actor, an accomplished actor, accomplished stand-up comedian, like one of the funniest guys ever. Um, I love his stand-up sketch, and also is like a physical freak. Um, and he's yeah, and so like, but anyway, yeah, I, I so I would do mine very differently than yours, um, because I think mine would be very front-headed, and then it'd just be like, no, like. I might be able to do three in 40 days, but mine for three would be like, all right, cool, I'm doing my three. Just back-to-back? Like, I'm not, maybe not back-to-back-to-back days, but, like, I'd just be like, we're just going to do this. And then, like, part of the issue for me is that, like, I don't like running. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm not good at it. I'm actually, it's, that's kind of the frustration is that, like, <laughs> I'm actually all right at running. Like, I'm good at it. Like, I, no, like, but, like, I like I have, luckily, I have good stamina because I'm 
skinny and long, mm-hmm. so I can I can run. That's I'm the body type for running. Yeah, you look like a marathon. Um, but I I don't like running. Like the issue for me for running is that like, like I can run all day in soccer, which is a sport I played and love. Um, it's favorite sport, and like those things where like there's a point to the running, right? Like then I can run where I feel like right. there's a reason to. Running to run is just think of like, but what am I running for? And it's a thing of like, well, like I'm just running now, <laughs> and like live. part of the yeah, part of the issue to run, just running around is that thing of like, I have to have somebody with me. Oh, I was just going like, what's the point of all this? <laughs> what's the right. Point? And it's the thing of the thing I just get like too like in my head of being like, or oh, I could just not do this though instead. Um, and so twenty six miles out is like four hours if you're fast, so six hours. Dang. And it's that thing of like. I don't know, man. Um, I mean, I guess we, we could also walk this too. We don't have to run them necessarily, and it's, uh, I'm, we will also for sure walk at some parts of this. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we're, I, we're I not marathoners. Yeah, I counted for that for sure. Um, I don't know. Like, I'd like to be cocky and say like a like high number, number like four or five. But it's that thing too of just like it's such a physical. Is it? Because it's actually for me and you. Where it's like we're going from a five k like five miles. We're basically adding twenty miles to what we've run before. Yeah. Um that'll have an effect. I think we can each do one, and then I think we're each going to be like, well, this is a lot more than we thought it was going to be. Uh, part of the reason why I want to do like two and three is because like Eddie Izzard said, like your body can start to adapt soon. So like I want to kind of try to get it while like I'm still like, maybe my body's like tricked into it. Whereas if I take like a few weeks off, I'll be like, we don't do this. And then I go back and be like, oh, like well, we don't do this. What are you doing? Kind of thing. That's a good point. Um, so like try to do like, first, like, try to do, like three in like, a, like 10 days, maybe like in a week kind of thing. Um, and then basically, like, however I feel after the third one, probably slowly dying, um, I'll just be like, yeah. maybe I can do one more. I'll be just like, I did three, and I'm okay with that. But like, all right. So tell us your answers. I just know. We'll tweet it out to you. How many marathons can you run in forty? Forty days. days. No time to train. Just like right now. Right now. You you get task eight tomorrow. You're gonna run a marathon. Yep. Ah, uh, that would suck. That would suck. 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 Yeah, I don't. I don't even want to think about it. Five K though. It's like five K is not terrible. You you go get mimosas after a five k. I got Hardee's after I did a turkey trot one year. Oh nice. Yeah, it was very good. You go to snooze with your posse. Mm-hmm. Get some avocado toast. And I guess then we also had you know Thanksgiving afterwards too. Cause it was turkey trot day, so <laughs> <laughs> we had Hardee's and Thanksgiving, so it was pretty good. Nice. All right, tweet us your answers. Thanks Let for us know. listening. Um, please rate the podcast. Rate the podcast. Us. Yeah, this is uh we're back. We're we're not gonna miss three four weeks again. We're here. Summer break is over. School is back in session. Um, the kids are returning to Austin, Texas soon. Maybe like this weekend, oh I guess, actually. Yeah, true. Um, so it's going to be popping. It's going to be busy. It's going to be happening. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, share with your friends. Put on the, put on the Facebooks, the the, tweet, the Instagrams, the in- Insta this. Double tap it. Um, Facebook thumbs up us. Retweet it. Uh, and Just let it play like while you're it. at work. Just let it play while you're at work. Talk to your boss your and be like, yo, I got some movies you listen to here. And put them this on <laughs> tell him why Eddie Izzard is a magician and a wizard and that's what I gotta say and until next time you know what I mean punch just, a five year old just have fun <laughs> we're, we're beyond that we're running <laughs> out just have fun <laughs>